1: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
0: These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of the other stories is Maze Play, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Justin Fife.
1: Henning parked his car as far from the gates of the industrial estate as possible and slipped hurried across the car park, sticking to the shadows, resisting the urge to run. He had to look as casual as possible so as not to arouse suspicion, a late night shopper or an employee on their way to the night shift. The gates were still open after all. His being here was hardly illegal. It was what he planned to do next that concerned him. He slipped into an alleyway between a popular craft chain and a supermarket, holding his breath against the smell of the overflowing dustbins. Orange light pollution burnished the sky overhead, ensuring the night was never truly dark, never filled with more than a sprinkling of stars. The alley opened into a dark little space of crumbling tarmac and faded brick walls, concealed between two larger buildings. Henning paused in the alleyway to stare. Up ahead, rising out of the darkness, loomed the facade of a third retail building, its windows black and featureless, a plastic sign hung above the entranceway, crooked as if threatening to fall from its moorings at any moment and crash to the concrete below. The faded name was familiar to anyone who'd grown up in the two decades, recognizable up and down the country at service stations and retail parks alike. Maze Play. This particular maze play had been closed for over a decade, abandoned on the edge of an industrial state as more popular restaurant chains rose up around it. Nobody had come to claim the empty building, citing structural issues and unfavorable location, and so it had slipped into obscurity Henning had been in Newermay's place, eaten lukewarm burgers on identical orange tabletops, heard the shrieks and screams of distant thuds of children clambering through the adjoined soft play area, smelled the grease and spilled condiments. None of them felt the same as this. None of them felt real. Henning cut across the tiny car park, dodging weeds and scattered rubbish, He'd left a set of bolt cutters in his car just in case, but someone had already cut the chains holding the doors in place. Vandals, perhaps? Someone with the same burning curiosity as Henning? He tried the handle. The door swung open with a push, squealing on rusty hinges. Henning glanced over his shoulder, but the estate remained silent and dark. Hard in his throat, he slipped inside. The space beyond was vast, a cavernous blackness stretched back And back and up and up. Serving hatches glinted in the moonlight. A few tables remained upright, blossoming against the gloom like orange plastic toadstools. Chairs laid scattered across the faux tiled floors. Strange snake like shapes rose overhead, crisscrossing in a tangle of hanging plastic. Henning stepped forward, memories enveloping him. He'd been six years old the last time he entered this place. Maze Play had been the ultimate destination of choice for anyone under the age of 10. The burgers were a standard hatch service affair, but the main attraction was the Soft Play area, home to Maze Play's infamous maze structure, a crisscrossing labyrinth of brightly colored plastic tunnels, winding this way and that beneath the restaurant ceiling. Despite everything, despite the years and quiet horror, Henning's heart still jolted at the sign on the wall. Requesting in bright, friendly letters that all maze participants remove their shoes before entering. He'd reached the end of the restaurant section now, standing on the precipice of tiled flooring and the plush, enforced ball pit that occupied maze play's bottom layer. In a daze, he realized he'd slipped off his shoes, as if acquiescing to some ancient play rule would make any difference in this abandoned, mold-riddled place. He set them carefully to the side and stepped forward. Wet leaves squelched uncomfortably beneath his socks. Plastic balls still scattered the floor, some deflated, some round and shining. Bright colors faded to pastels. He put Henning in mind of forgotten eyeballs, staring blind into the dark, clustered in corners to stare as he passed. A single long tube slanted down from above into the middle of the ball pit. Easily gripped handholds led upward through the tube, creating an access tunnel to the mass of staggered tunnels and platforms that form the Maze Play Maze. Henning crouched and peered up into the darkness. The access tube had seemed giant as a child, but in reality, it was just big enough for an adult to squeeze through. It struck him that he was currently doing something immensely stupid breaking into a building in the dead of night, but he was here for a reason. He'd had to come back. He had to know. He tried one of the handholds It was slick with something slimy. The plastic structure creaked beneath his weight, but held firm as he took his first few faltering steps. Caught in the past, Henning began to climb. In his mind's eye, the world grew larger plastic balls brighter and newer, marred by nothing more than children's handprints. Light streamed through the cracks in the plastic, turning the world bright and multicolored. The air smelled of heat and fast food. The knowledge hit Henning then, real and hard. He was back. He was going to fix this. There'd always been stories whispers of monsters and tunnels, kids vanishing without a trace, their parents abandoning them to the endless maze of brightly colored plastic. But they'd just been stories, tales whispered to the younger children to scare them away from the ball pit. Campfire nonsense, nothing more. Until one day he'd been the one alone up there, crawling in the labyrinth. He'd been the one lost, trying not to cry, as he stumbled from identical tunnel to identical tunnel, swallowed by the heat and light and noise. And then, in the curved bend of a tunnel, he'd seen something in the next pipe over, something obscured by time and terror, but as sharp as spilled ink. He remembered the squeal of fingernails on plastic The panicked thud thud of a child's kicking feet against the tunnel walls, the scream rising above the shrieks and yells of background play cut off with horrendous finality. Then, as his child self crouched in the bend, frozen with fear and uncertainty, the sound that had haunted him from that moment to the present lodged in his brain like a stone in the crack of a door, wedged open on the howling wind of speculation a soft, organic sound, and a smell like turned copper, as somewhere lost in the endless maze of interconnecting tunnels, something began to feed. Henning returned to the present with a jolt, stomach churning. He was at the top of the tunnel now, peering into the winding labyrinth beyond. He swallowed. Did he really remember the final part? or had adult imagination embellished his childhood recollection. Stealing himself, Henning pushed upwards into the maze. No light here, no bright plastic colors. The tunnels were smaller, and darker than he remembered. Henning could barely see more than a foot in front of his face. After a quick glance in both directions, he chose the left-hand tunnel, winding away along the wall of the building. He was here now. He'd come this far, even if he only shuffled a few painful inches, even if he only glanced around one plastic bend, it might dispel some of the nightmares, some of that lingering horror that was all he needed. He crawled forward, trying not to breathe too deeply. The air was fetid and bleak, thick with the stench of rotting food and stagnant water. Even after several bends in the tunnel, pausing only to select new directions from the branching paths... Henning's eye grew no more accustomed to the darkness. It was relentless, a pulsing, pressing thing. Even the gloom of the main restaurant was better than this. Henny glanced over his shoulder. Behind him, the tunnel intersected again and again into multiple paths, bending and twisting in all directions. With a twinge, he realized he had already had no idea which route he'd taken. He was lost. He had two options shuffle backwards, blind in the dark, and hope he reached the access tunnel again, or struggle onwards in hope of finding another exit. Henning continued forward, feeling his way carefully. Another bend brought him to a section of long, thin tunnel, stretching away into total darkness. The tunnel walls scraped at his shoulders, pressing inward even tighter than before. Henning tried to push forward to the end of the tunnel, but the plastic caught at his jacket the further he crawled snagging the fabric and scraping his shoulder. The tube had narrowed as he crawled, closing in around him like a constricting gullet. He tried to squeeze backwards, but it had already tightened too much around his middle. Realized dawn, panic sharp. He was stuck. Claustrophobia engulfed him. Henning tried to breathe, tried to calm himself. These tunnels were too small, too decayed, too broken. What happened if he fell from this height? The plastic bone structure gave way under his weight, sending him plummeting to the ground below. Would anyone find him? Did anyone bother to check this place? A sound cut through the darkness, magnified by the building's emptiness. Henning froze. Footsteps? He could hear footsteps on the floor below. Had someone spotted him outside? Perhaps Mazeplay had a night watchman after all. Stupid, stupid... What on earth did he think he was doing? Henning lay as still as he could, praying that whoever it was would simply make a cursory circuit of the restaurant, then leave. To his dismay, the footsteps grew louder, changing from the echo of the tiles to the whispering thud of the ball pit plush. There was a pause, then a dull thud thud of clambering feet. The maze structure trembled, horror prickled Henning's spine. Down below, someone else had entered the access tunnel. Was it really a night watchman? Perhaps a fellow intruder? Some local teenager having watched Henning break inside, now trying to give him a scare? None of those sounded appealing. None of them explained the way Henning's heart froze at the sound. A childlike fear gripped his heart, real and all-consuming. The panic of being caught somewhere he shouldn't, somewhere forbidden, an adult. The panic of feeling his way in the blinding darkness. "'Hello?' he whispered. Nobody replied. The presence was crawling through the tunnels now, faster and with greater determination than he'd managed. Penning could hear the plastic tubes clattering with the force of it. He wanted to scream. What was he doing here? What on earth had he hoped to achieve?' breaking into an abandoned play area in the dead of night, climbing up into an unsafe and unsuited maze of plastic tunnels. Had he hoped that something might still be lurking up here, crawling from his childhood nightmares to prove him right? Or, worse than that, that he might find nothing, nothing at all. Henning lifted his head, swallowed uselessly. Hello, he rasped. Louder. The clattering stopped. Silence fell. Henning listened, his heart pounding, his chest constricting. For a moment, he'd hoped the intruder might reply. The sound started again, slower now, deliberate and soft, rustling through the tunnels with careful determination. Henning couldn't help but picture someone sliding through the tunnels on their belly. An elongated human snake, pulling themselves inch by inch across the mold-slick plastic towards him. He closed his eyes with a whimper, trying to dispel the image. Please, he managed. You've made your point. This isn't funny. I'm, I'm stuck. And now they knew where he was. Now they knew where to find him. And he was wedged up here all alone. The shuffling, slithering sound had reached the tunnel behind him now. A final bend in the tubing, and it would reach him, find him stuck here, blind and helpless. A whispering wheeze rose in the air, tight with excitement and hunger, scrabbling fingernails fought for purchase on the rotten plastic. Henning held his breath and waited,
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Maze play was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Justin Fife, produced by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spoon of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington, the master of the maze, guiding us through the twists and turns of social media. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridgeport Prize, Staunch Book Prize, and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at, at GeorgiaCooked and on our website, GeorgiaCookwriter.com. Justin Fife is a voice actor and podcaster. You can follow him on Twitter at, at B5. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No-Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time.